Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. For the better part of the last decade, science fiction finally evolved from a niche genre into a mainstream staple. And while many people are familiar with the so-called fathers and grandfathers of genre, the women who have been instrumental in creating and shaping the nerdverse have largely gone unrecognized. Until today. I'm Courtney Enlow, and this is Sci-Fi Wire Fangirl's Forgotten Women of Genre a podcast where we tell the stories of the women who helped some of the most famous fantasy worlds become a reality. My story's a bittersweet one, like a cheap chocolate bar. Madeline Joan Blaustein was born October 9, 1960, in Long Island, New York. She was one of five kids. She was born intersex. She was assigned male at birth. She was Jewish. She was a trained singer with a four-octave range. She loved the Dresden dolls. Her favorite colors were pink and black. Her favorite Disney movie was Mulan. I say all these things together because they were all pieces of Maddie, but not one to find her. She was also creative, with a mind that was wide open and could create something from nothing, which extended to her love of D&D. Her brother Jeremy is a localizer who works in translating media to English from Japanese and has worked on games like Metal Gear Solid. He told David Leavesley for a piece at the Condé Nast website, Them, Maddie, being a big Tolkien fan and a genius to boot, was a great world builder. She came up with her own language to a degree, wrote in runes of her own devising, was able to illustrate everything and do all the voices in a theatrical way. Back then, D&D was all imagination. Maddie made it magical. In the 1980s, Maddie became the assistant editor to Marvel's Jim Owsley, also known as Christopher Priest. She'd previously been working as a framer at an art supply store nearby. According to Priest, He tried to talk her out of the position at Marvel, saying it paid next to nothing and was often thankless work. But she took the job anyway, and the two became close friends. Priest recalls Blaustein being arrested for carrying a dull sword on the subway. Their ex-wives were each other's best friends. When Congress passed the bill making Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday a national holiday, Marvel chose not to observe it. Priest pulled out his checkbook and wrote Maddie a check for her salary for the day, and they closed the Spider-Man office. And Maddie drew a defiant Spider-Man black power fist, in the black symbiote costume, of course, as Priest points out, and adhered it to their window. After working with Priest, Blaustein went freelance. She worked on comics like Hardware, Icon, and Static. And in 1994, she released her own comic. Death Wish, through the DC-published Milestone. 
Deathwish followed Marissa Rahm, a trans woman police officer pursuing a killer targeting transgender people. In this series, Rom was aided by the vigilante killer Deathwish, who thrived on killing sexual predators. It notably featured Rom in a lesbian relationship with Deanie, her girlfriend who stands by her throughout her transition. This was one of the very, very, very first comics to portray such a relationship. Over the years, Maddie worked under several names, including her birth name, as well as Addie Blaustein and Kendra Bancroft, a pseudonym she used as a content creator at Second Life. But it was those first few names that she used under what was the most notable role of her entire career. Meow, 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 meow. Under the evening sky with the moon high up above. I'll want to speak human because this cat's got puppy love. In the early 90s, Blaustein worked as a teacher of voiceover, inspiring many voice artists who would follow. But her biggest voiceover role was Meowth from the English language dub of Pokemon, a role she played for eight seasons beginning in 1998. Her influences for voicing Meowth were Bugs Bunny, Joe Pesci, and Shirley Booth from the 1960s TV show Hazel. She described the final character as a cross between Bugs and Edith Bunker. Blaustein loved the character and identified with it in ways I don't think that anyone would necessarily expect. But that wasn't the only fictional character she saw herself in. Erin McQuaid, in a piece for Glad, wrote, One of the funniest people I've ever known was Maddie Blaustein, a transgender woman who was best known as the voice of Meowth on the Pokemon cartoon. She had a stand-up routine about embracing her identity that revolved around her dead-on impression of Gollum from the Lord of the Rings movies. She had a blazing wit, even when discussing the most difficult parts of her experience in private. In public, Maddie was exceptionally considerate when asked by fans on the similarly exceptionally colorful Angel Fire websites of the late 90s. So many colors, so many fonts. But there is a level of patience marginalized people in public roles have to adopt because they might frequently and repeatedly be asked questions about their otherness. This included fielding questions like, are you a man or a woman? And many, many questions about her birth name, which was the name she was first credited as for much of her career. One person asked, have people ever treated you in a bad way or differently since you are transgender? with an E-D at the end as a lot of pieces about Blaustein are, just in case anyone goes looking for these pieces. Blaustein said, sadly, it does happen. Yes. But it also happens that some people treat me with more respect for living my life on my own terms. Blaustein was patient with questions and curiosities, but that doesn't mean she was here for anyone's hateful bullshit. When one ostensible fan said they don't agree with the possibility of being transgender, she replied, except my opinion concerns my own body and does not judge you. With all due respect, you know nothing of my life and what factors went into my decisions about how to live my life. Nature made me exactly what I am, thank you, a woman. What I was endowed with and what I choose to do with my endowment is not your concern. 
I am quite happy to answer questions about Pokemon and other anime subjects, but spare me your judgment of my life. That is really too much. For the most part, she was always incredibly good-natured. Her fans were young. For many, hers was the first trans voice they might have heard, and she knew that. When asked if being trans had impacted her career, she said, it has affected my career. Now they hire me for both male and female voices. What's nice looking at these Q&As is how small a part her transness played in the greater conversation. It was a brief matter of fact, and then everyone moved on. Blaustein was an active advocate for trans people, but she spent way more time discussing the art of voice acting and addressing her voiceover prep like drinking tea with honey and singing random songs in the voice of the characters, like Impossible Dream from Man of La Mancha in Meowth's voice. Blaustein praised 4Kids Entertainment, the company that produced the English dub of Pokemon, for being so supportive when she came out. But her colleague Eric Stewart, who voiced Brock and James on Pokemon during her tenure, told David Leavesley and them, It wasn't easy. I was one of the few people who followed what name and pronouns she wanted to use. And there were many, many times where people wouldn't do it or they'd forget and it was hurtful. There were times that I could see this wasn't the easiest thing for her to deal with in her career choice and with her family. But she didn't take it out on us, on her work or on me. Instead, she came into work and tried to find ways to steal the show. And in many ways, she did just that. In 2006, much of the English-dubbed Pokemon cast was replaced. Blaustein did not shy away from her feelings. When asked what she'd do if she ran into, quote, the new Meowth, played by Jimmy Zoppy, she said, a better question would be why Jimmy Zoppy, who I've known for many years, didn't immediately call me and apologize after taking a job I've had for the last eight years. She went on to say, playing Meowth has been the most wonderful experience of my life. And yes, there's an emptiness now, but I'm sure that will fade over time. Aaron McQuaid wrote of his friend in a blog post after her death saying, Maddie once told me the story of how she was inspired to fully transition from male to female and to come out to her coworkers as transgender by an episode of Pokemon. In the episode Go West Young Meowth, her character travels to Hollywood to make it big. There, Meowth falls in love with another Meowth who spurns his advances. He decides to learn how to speak and stand upright in order to impress her, but she rejects him for being a freak. Meowth was a human trapped in a Pokemon's body. Blaustein herself would say, I have always played Meowth with the subtext that he just wants to be loved. What am I doing? Let's get something straight, copycat. You Elf ain't gonna push me out around. You mean we don't have to fight with each other? But how can I trust you? You was born different. I almost made a clawful mistake. But how do I know you're not gonna pull a fast one on me? Hmm? You're right. We do have a lot in common. The same oif? The same air, the same sky. Maybe if we started looking at what's the same instead of always looking at what's different, well, who knows? There was another Q&A question asking, would you stop being a voiceover artist 
or extend your work? Blaustein responded, even when I'm a little old lady. In fact, since I get little old lady parts, it'll be easy. But Maddie didn't get to be a little old lady. On December 11, 2008, at just 48 years old, she died as a result of a stomach virus. Some announcements say she died peacefully in her sleep, and we really hope that's true. Her gravestone describes her as a beloved artist, child, and sibling. Her friend Gwyneth Llewellyn told David Leavesley and them she thinks it's possible Blaustein was a victim of the healthcare system. I can only imagine that she passed away because she was unable to pay for the costs of medication for something so simple as a stomach virus. As Stuart explained to Leavesley and them, Blaustein's influence goes beyond voice acting or comics or even the world of Pokemon. She was someone people could see themselves in when they'd never seen themselves before. Stuart said, Everyone thinks they're the only quirky kid who doesn't fit in, the one who's trying to find their identity. And in those arenas, if Maddie was a part of them, they might think, okay, Here's this successful voice actor, and your life story doesn't define your craft. It just happens to be who you are. And that's our kind of happy ending. I don't have a clue how we got here, but who cares? This is paradise. But what's a happy ending? Team Rocket signing off again! Forgotten Women of Genre is a production of Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. Today's episode was written and read by Courtney Enlow and produced by Cher Martinetti. You can find the script of this episode and so much more at scififangirls.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at scififangirls. Fangirls.